Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Voice of Adoptees, which brings together diverse and unique voices from around the world to share their stories. If you liked today's episode, remember to give us a like, subscribe, and leave a review. Here's your host, David Shunk. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Voice of Adoptees. I'm joined by Cody down in Texas in the United States. He's here to give us his little spiel about his journey and his insight on adoption, and we're looking very forward to it. Cody, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, David. Pleasure to be here. Tell us about yourself, uh, where you're from, what you do, you know, give a little intro. Sure, sure. You know, I was adopted by American parents July 23rd, 1997, just after I turned two years old. So I guess today's the 29th, right? About six six or so days ago, you know, about a week ago was my adoption day. You know, it was, uh, you know, the first the first time that I kind of recognized it and really celebrated it, actually. Me and uh, a couple members of my family went to a Russian restaurant and had some uh, borscht and uh, I think it's palmini or... Palmini, yeah. Palmini, yeah. Um, excellent, excellent. And uh, some, you know, just some good Russian food and, uh, you know, had a good time. But, uh, yeah, I was so originally Houston, outside of Houston, really, Sugarland, Texas. Yeah. And then uh, moved to Dallas in 20... 19 to start teaching um i taught for four years and just recently resigned and uh you know not sure what's next for me but uh excited for whatever it's going to be just kind of taking a clean slate approach and uh yeah so just to confirm you you know you are adopted from russia i uh i don't think you actually said that so i just wanted to make sure yeah yeah i was i was in Kants, krasnyarsky Ukraine you know, in 1995. Yeah, my parents' names were Lydia and Nikolay. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of all the information that I really know about them. You know, I, I don't have a bunch of information about them. You know, just that possible, you know, it's possible that they were a, a bit older when they had me and had some other children and probably just could not you know, couldn't couldn't afford to keep me, and you know, I know some some kids they or some adoptees they learn like, oh, you know, my parents were told that I wasn't gonna make it or something along those lines, but that's not really the case for me. Other than I think it was said that the umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck when I was born, and uh, but to my knowledge, you know, like I I spent those first two years in an orphanage in Kansk and my parents traveled to Kansk to, to adopt me. That's a, an interesting story in and of itself. You know, well, we'll dive into that, definitely. So let's start at the beginning. Growing up, have your adoptive parents been overall very supportive of your Russian heritage, somewhat supportive, or have they identified kind of how you identify as yourself? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. So, you know, when... Your parents have to, you know, your adoptive parents, right? They have to, you know, go before the judge, right, and tell. And I think one of the, you know, kind of defend their ability to take care of you and and you know, just kind of make a good impression for the judge to approve, right? I think one of the questions that they got was, you know, how are you going to, you know, instill Russian heritage, you know, in uh, in your your child, 
right? One of the, so the response that my dad gave knocked just the judge off his feet, just laughing, right? Was that he said, you know, in, in the States, in California, there's a place called uh, Disneyland. And in Disney, I think it's Disneyland or Disney World, one of those, right? I think it might be Disney. And he said, uh, in inside the park, there's a Russian, there's a there's a Russian themed part of Disney World. And so I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna take him to Disney World. So I have to say, never made it to Disney World. Uh, <laughs> I made it to the other one in Florida, but there's no Russian themed part of that. Isn't that isn't there's Epcot down there though? I'm sorry. There's Epcot down in Orlando. It's one of the parks where. So Epcot is part of like Disney or the experience where it's you walk around and they have different like corners of the park for the country where you can have like their different food and really yeah it's called Epcot. We may have skipped that. We may have done the rock and roller coaster too many times, <laughs> and, you know, just and, and missed that. But. So did the judge know about Disneyland or Disney World or? I don't know. I don't know. But I just know that, you know, my dad's a very, I would say he's pretty, he's boisterous and he likes to laugh. He likes to have fun. And so I think that, you know, he, he's got, he has charisma. That's the word I was thinking. So I think that when he gave that answer, just stamp, you know, have fun at Disney World. (laughs) But uh, you know, on a, with a serious answer, you know, this was about, you know, where my parents do, did they instill sort of a Russian heritage in me? I, w- I would say no, you know, no, there wasn't, it was always known that I was Russia and you know, adopted and in, there was never any animosity towards, you know, being adopted uh, from Russia itself, but there was never any, you know, encouragement definitely to like, well, this is where you're from and this is important. And, you know, we should, we should uh, honor that. And I'm not saying that that's good or bad that they had the way that they did it. I'm just saying that's the way it was. Right. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I I do wish that, you know, maybe I would have kept the, you know, Russian language. Yeah, that's hard. (laughs) Yeah. But, but unfortunately that was, that was not the case. Okay. You can always start learning. So don't give up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So let's let's get into the uh, adoption story because you sound eager to jump in. Tell us about you know your parents' trip over to Russia and how that and the journey that they did. Yeah, yeah. So my my mom, you know, she had she had my older brother. His name's Clayton. She had my older brother. I believe she had. At least, at least one miscarriage. I think you know there might have been two, but I want to more confident she had a miscarriage. Yeah, and she also had uh, my sister Charlotte, who is uh, severely, severely handicapped. So I think that she, you know, that was a lot for her, and she, you know, they just made a decision like, you know, what we're we're gonna adopt, you know, like. Pregnancy has been hard, and you know, let's just see see how this goes, right? So she started looking, and you know, the story that I've always heard is that for her, you know, everything happened really fast, like just in a way that was not typical, you know. And I think you know, once 
I, I've heard this story. I've listened to a lot of the shows now, you know, from voice of adoptees. So I, I've heard this too before is that, you know, the, when, you know, they got a video and pictures of me, she was like, that's, that's it. You know, that's my child, you know, and, and there was no turning back. There was no, you know, let me look at somebody else, uh, anything like that. You know, that's, that's the boy. So you know, that's a real positive, you know, thing to think about. And so she had, you know, two kids there, two kids already in the States in Houston. And my grandparents came to watch them while my mom and my dad went to Russia. They had to stop in Paris at, you know, for a layover. Right. And this is, I guess, the 90s. Right. It's, you know, you know, I just imagine, you know, my dad has, you know, his fanny pack just packed with passport and all this all the you know accessories and everything um you know he's he's a guy who likes to have his stuff kind of prepared and, and on hand but i say that because you know there i think there was something like there is a real long layover for their flight to moscow mm-hmm. so they i think they decided to leave the airport and you know as they were you know Coming, you know, I think entering the airport again, maybe they had to stay a day or something there. I, I, I don't exactly remember. Yeah. But it, it ended up that, you know, they were, you know, they were late for their flight and they were like, I mean, this plane is getting ready to just leave them and just say, you know, like, sorry, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Dallas, you didn't make your flight, you know, reschedule. And, you know, they, they made, a split second decision to leave all of their luggage in the airport in Paris. Wow. And they, I, I, they say like, we left it by this little, you know, like, like fern or little plant that was in, you know, the airport in Paris. And that's why, you know, I mentioned the, uh, the fanny pack, right. Cause he just, I can just imagine my dad just stuffing his fanny pack full of whatever is the most, you know, necessary and i they just ran through the airport and made it on the plane made it on the plane and you know they i think that like one maybe once they got to moscow or maybe while they were still had some sort of cell phone service something like that yeah they made a call back to the states to my grandparents to tell them like we just had to leave our luggage in paris we have nothing and we are going to another country so hopefully y'all can can y'all help us can you do something uh and i think somehow by you know just i suppose you know just kindness of strangers or great customer service their their bags ended up in their hotel in moscow while when they got there oh that's that's amazing that's amazing so you know i guess it's a story of really just dead set on you know we're gonna go we're gonna go get this kid we're gonna make sure that like we are on schedule and that you know even if we have to make sacrifices and mess that you know kind of things don't go our way you know we're gonna get there and we're gonna do it you know, so determination so i'm grateful <laughs> that they left their stuff there and took that risk yeah uh, if that's not dedication then uh, i don't know what is <laughs> so you know and i don't know so much about the journey, you know, from 
Moscow to Ansk to get me, but I do know that, you know, they made it over there. And, you know, they said that when, you know, when they, I think, you know, when they went into the orphanage and they saw the kids and everything, one thing that they've always, you know, talked about was just the fact that at two years old, I seemed in some way, like, pretty put together, right? That I could, like, in, you know, I, and maybe this is just something, you know, like, just out of pure necessity, right? But that I just had to sort of develop a routine and just to feel safe. And, you know, they, I think they, they just talk about the fact that, like, I just seemed like I I understood the the, you know, processes of the orphanage and yeah. you know, how I was going to get food and, you know, when it was time to play, when it was time to do things, you know? Yeah. And then another thing they say is, you know, they just noticed that, like, at two years old, I was very deft in my use of uh, tensile, you know? I think, mean, you know, like, eating like, forks and knives and foods and that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, to, to my knowledge, I wasn't talking uh, or speaking, you know, a, a bunch of Russian at the point, which is probably, you know, what played a role in them choosing not to sort of continue with with Russian. Just say, well, let's just you know, teach English, you know. But I, I don't have a lot of I I don't have any memories you know, from that process. Mm-hmm. Except for sometimes I think I have a memory of sitting in a hotel room playing with a toy car you know and i I asked my mom once you know would i have this memory of you know playing with the toy car you know do you remember bringing like a, a, a toy car or something and she wasn't super sure herself but she's like that, that's very possible that we brought something like that you know and another memory of possibly like being in a really cold shower and like in my mind it looks like just like a basement uh, <laughs> and being in a really cold shower and, and so my dad holding shower taking a shower and then i think on the flight home they said that i just screamed my head off all the time <laughs> yep yeah my my adoptive mom told me that the agency that they use because we're out in new england they went through a program called maps main adoption placement services that out of business now but uh the agency at the time said you know the child's this is the first time the child's going to hear all these sounds you know from a plane the loud engines and you know try to maybe give it some benadryl <laughs> make it it's okay to make the child try to sleep but apparently i didn't sleep either i was very active the whole time too so yep yeah i mean i think even a very vague and i just don't know how much i can trust these memories okay so i think you know, a lot of times I I have I don't know, maybe you know done this maybe somebody else listening to me has done this but a lot of times like I remember as a kid crying really hard to remember something. Yeah, it's almost like yeah. I, when I was younger, I thought about if I remembered anything, and to be honest, I don't think I really do, and. It is weird, though, because when I... So I went back to Russia 10 years ago. And, oh, nine, technically. Yeah, I know. Uh, I listened to your... To oh, that yeah. Podcast. 
Yeah. Yeah. My favorite part of it, if I can tell you real quick. Yeah, sure. Oh, I'd love to. Was right at the end, uh, towards the end, I think, you know, where you were meeting your aunt, I believe. Aunt. Uh, At the end. uh, uh, Oh, yeah. Cousins and my aunt, uncle, grandparents. Yeah. Yep. And you turn, and at some point, you, you know, you turn to your mom and you said, like, it's time to go home. Ready to go. Oh, it was when, uh, yeah, yeah, no, that was, I was having dinner with my adoptive mom at the, uh, end of the whole trip in my city, and it was just the two of us, and that's when I said, you know, I'm ready to go home, and the next day is when I had to say goodbye, and that was, it was easy, but then when, as soon as I was on the train and it started pushing forward, I just lost it, all the emotions finally came out, you know. Was it a, I mean, was it a, I'm just curious, I know it's not your interview. No, that's fine, no, go for it. Was it a was it a you know like a good it's time to go home like I've I've done all the exploring I need to this is the end I I have some peace here yes I mean it wasn't you know I went into yeah I went into it expecting you know not don't have too much of high hope because you don't know what you're gonna get but I had enough that I felt comfortable that. You know, I got to see the city. I got to see the capital. I got to play being a tourist. I got to see my home city. I got to see the hospital that I was from and born at. How amazing. Yeah, unbelievable. And I would love to find the hospital. Yeah, and my my aunt, yeah, and I I said this in my um, interview when I was interviewing my mom, you know, that my aunt over in Russia, Anastasia, my aunt Nastia, she is amazing. She drove me around personally and showed me really important sites that matter to she me. She one of the crazy drivers? No, that was my that's my uncle and that's the grandparents. They are She was a pretty safe driver? Uh she was safe for Russia standards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I I <laughs> Yeah, that's uh that's crazy. But um yeah, I mean I was content to the point where it was that and add add in like almost 14 days of intense emotional like just thoughts running through your head and i didn't really show a lot of emotion cuz i was processing it the whole time and that's why my mom was like you know i really like she she was very good at staying clear and out of the way she's like this is your trip i'm here if you need me and i was pretty quiet a lot cuz i just was trying to take it all and think about what i was experiencing but yeah, at the end, I was just like, all right, like... You want to lock everything in, you know, that you're there. If you're talking and, and, you know, very active, it's almost as if, you know, you're, you're, your mind is sort of ahead of, of what's going on. Yeah, and, and I literally had no... Like, there's no downtime. There was no alone time. The only alone time was when I was sleeping and maybe in the bathroom. You're not even aware of that. You're, <laughs> you're not even aware of that. You're unconscious. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, I mean, I came out of the shower literally the first day in my city, Smolensk, at the hotel and banging on the door. And there was my family at the door at like 7 30, 8 a.m. And my uncle's holding, you know, like some breakfast and a case of beer. And he's like, you know, Maxime Pivo, <laughs> which is uh, Pivo is beer. And I'm like, okay. So we're all sitting around. And my mom is clueless that 
the entire Russian family is like in our hotel room. So she just walks out of her towel and just screams. <laughs> but the, the Russian family's loving it. Like they're going around looking at all my stuff. They're looking at my backpack. They're looking at my American passport. They think it's the coolest thing ever. And then they start playing with the toilet. It's like you'd think they'd never. I don't, <laughs> Interesting. But this just crossed my mind while you were while you were talking. And I again, like I just I've I have questions for you, I suppose, as well. But, no problem. You know, yeah. I mean, while you were in Russia and you were going through all this and you had, you know, I was thinking about the fact that, you know, I mean, when we sleep, right? I mean, there's there's actually a lot of unconscious work that's going on. Did you have any strange dreams or anything while you were while you were sleeping? You know, not strange, but just, you know, things that you remembered while that while you were asleep, you know, that so much has happened. I can imagine, you know, a, a really kind of interesting dream happening so the first night i went to sleep in moscow and i was with my adoptive parents i dreamt about traveling to russia even though i was in russia already but it felt like a dream so when i woke up and i was actually awake i still thought i was in my dream <laughs> and because i always wanted to go back and visit i'm like okay i'm still in my dream and you know when i don't know if you, you were living a dream I pretty much yeah and you know sometimes I don't know if this ever happens to you but when like you're having a bad dream or if, if I'm having a bad dream sometimes I can like literally like kind of like shake myself out of a dream and wake myself up I remember trying to okay maybe it's just me all right no no I don't think it's just you but I, I just think I've never sort of consciously and purposely be like no I don't, I don't want to have this dream I want to wake up I don't know. There's some dreams that I've had that I'm like, you know, maybe they're like bad dreams. I'm like, okay, like, get me out of here. Get me out of here. And then I wake okay, up. But I, I'm listening. Yeah. So I tried to wake myself up and I'm like, okay, wow. Like, this is actually real. And then like, you know, I actually like hit myself and I'm like, yep, this is real. <laughs> Interesting. You had, as you had traveled to Russia, you, you then had sort of, I mean, that is, that, that sounds exactly like your unconscious just processing yeah what's going on and what's happening to you yeah and I, I will say one of the strangest things was when i went to the orphanage that you know i was at and that moment i walked into the doors and it shut i smelled the food and my body felt calm calm and normal and i felt like i was walking into like your grandma's home or something it's like i was always i was searching through there i was like where is the where is the David episode in here? Where I would like to hear David's everybody about their stories, but yeah, no, it's awesome. But anyway, so back to you. And then <laughs> so there's it's common that as a Russian adoptee, you know that we don't have a hundred percent accurate information about our records all the time. Don't I? Yeah. <laughs> how does the lack of information affect you? Oh, well, I'll tell you how it affected me this week or last week. I was applying to uh, to rent an apartment, uh, and they needed my social security card. You know, and uh, somewhat concerningly, you know, I I couldn't find my social security card, which is a concern of mine that that I can't do anything about at this point. So I went online to, so I I just sort of I was like, oh well, I can't get the apartment, and you know. Now I'm uh, I moved in with uh, with uh, some family uh, north of Dallas, and uh, so but 
you know, I mean, I was like, I still need a security card. So, you know, I actually, uh, you know, went online and, you know, I have my social security, you know, number memorized. Yep. So typed it in. I was like, you know, I need a new one. And it pulled up and it said, uh, uh, you know, this, this uh, number does not, uh, is not associated with a registered citizen. <laughs> <laughs> and my, oh boy! I'll tell you something. My heart beats. <laughs> you know, raised a couple of levels here, and uh, yeah. So I took everything, all the identifying documentation that I have, uh, headed over to the Social Security office, and sat down with her, and was like, Look, I'm, you know, it's uh, you know, online and saying I'm not a U.S. citizen. And her first question was, uh, well, "Are you a U.S. citizen?" Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, and uh, what I've been trying to get recently, because, uh, you know, for about a year now, I've been interested really in, in trying to find out some more information about my family, uh, my my biological family. But I don't I don't have in my possession a certificate of naturalization. Nope. No. Nope. Yeah. Uh, I'm right there with you. I don't either. I, 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 I can emphasize, emphasize with you a little bit that I actually went through the same kind of experience with my social security number as well. Same thing. Yeah, I, I've heard somebody I, somebody else in one of the, my, the Russian group chats that I'm in, you know, they had a very similar experience too. And, uh, you know, anyway, so I'm sitting in the office and they're telling me, you know, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not registered as a U.S. citizen. I'm like, I have a passport. I have driver's license. I've worked in the U.S. I've gone to school, I've traveled, you know, I, I went through a background check with a federal agency, like, how could I not be a citizen, you know, but it seemed like, you know, one of two options was, you know, one, that my citizenship was never confirmed, because, you know, that uh, my parents, you know, may have been told that it wasn't necessary, so I never ended up with a certificate of naturalization, or two, you know, in the process of trying to, you know, find information out about my uh, my biological parents, you know, I submitted a request through the Freedom of Information Act, two of them, for that certificate, and that came back nil. Uh, so the woman at Social Security, you know, she said, well, it's possible that they saw that you don't have that uh, and changed your citizenship status. You know, so there are really two options, but it ended up working out, you know, I gave her my, uh, I had a brand new passport, uh, gave her my passport, and like, okay, well, this worked, you know, and a couple of days ago, got my social security card in the mail, so I'm a registered citizen, <laughs> I am here to stay, and uh, yeah, so, you know, that, that one thing that, you know, I mean, I can say people that, like, not I guess not a bunch of, uh, to return to your original question, you know, like some of that documentation and, you know, information is important. And, you know, I, you know, I don't have some of it and, and that makes me a little bit nervous, you know, sometimes, you know, for, for reasons, I suppose that aren't necessary to discuss on, on a podcast, but, you know, I, I, I do want it, you know, and, I guess part of the other part of the question was like possibly some information is falsified, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hear it and I hear, you know, often, you know, Hey, you know, the father might not be the father on, 
you know, there's nothing I can do about that, you know? So I don't, I don't think about it too much, you know? Um, yeah. Other, I mean, there is a lot that we take on faith, right? I mean, our, our birthday, you know, like our birthday, you know, I just take that on faith that, you know, that I was born June 8th, 1995 and not, uh, what would the, what would the reverse of that be? August 6th, 1995. You know? Right. Yeah. I just take that. <laughs> There's nothing I can do. You know? So, uh, but I do know for certain that I was adopted July 23rd. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it is hard because to, just to even have a thought or like a doubt would be hard to, I don't know, just feel comfortable 100% until you actually had confirmation, especially when you hear stories from other adoptees who say, oh, yeah, you know, they're in their 30s now. They're like, oh, yeah, I just found out recently that I'm actually three years older than what my birth certificate said. It's like, oh, my, you've talked to... There, you know, there's there's a couple I know that their wow. birthday was wrong, and they found their family at an older age, and their biological relatives were just like, that's not your birthday. And the, the birth mother's like, you were born on this year. I would know. <laughs> like, yeah. I always suppose it like it's it's possible that I was younger, you know. Yeah, it can go both ways. Yeah, I wasn't an infant when I was adopted. You know, I was walking and talking, talking a little bit, you know. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it's it's definitely something that not everybody experiences in life. You know, the the I think part of what I think about more is. That information, I love stories, people love stories about, you know, what were you like when you were born? Did you have a lot of hair? Were you chubby? You know, were you this? Were you that? You know, you know, did you cry? Were you calm? I, I don't, you know, adoptees, you know, I suppose on really rare occasions, you know, have that kind of information. You know, I, that is something that, you know, can bring up sadness. You know, I, I, I taught seventh graders for four years, and I, I taught ninth grade and twelfth grade. What uh, what subjects did you teach? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, I taught uh literature for seventh, twelfth uh, grade, and then I taught writing composition. We called it classical composition, ninth for ninth, nice. uh, mostly that's... ninth grade. Some too. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, but I mean, kids have those conversations together when they meet somebody new, you know, I mean, like, oh, what, where were you born? You know, sometimes they ask, you know, what, oh, what a hospital were you born at? And, you know, what were you like? And that kind of stuff. And, um, adoptees don't have a lot of that information. You know, I mean, uh, until last year, I'm, I suppose, you know, you know, in Ilya, you know, you knew about the, uh, Russian adoption reunion in Niagara Falls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I heard of it, but no one invited me. I'm a little hurt, but. <laughs> well, I guess, I mean, I, I, I wasn't necessarily invited, I guess. I just uh, found, by luck, you know, just found the uh, the Facebook group. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think anybody's leaving you out. Yeah, just nobody, we all found Facebook group, you know, there. And, uh, but. Yeah, I think that there's talk of, of something in Boston. I don't want to put that on record, but I think there's talk of something happening in Boston in 2024. Yeah. 
Well, that's that's great. I I I live 35 minutes away from Boston, so that's that's perfect. Boston's amazing. Love it. What was the original thing that we were just discussing? Here? <laughs> we we're talking about lack of information and how it's affected you. Yeah, and then I had some. We were the social security the number situation. Yeah, the I didn't even know my parents' name, even though I had access to them. I didn't even know my parents' names until last year because when I went to you know this ado Russian adoption reunion, everybody was talking about oh, these are my parents' names. What are your parents' names? I was like, no, I don't actually know. I've never slowed down enough to look at the document to know if my parents names are in there so yeah lydia and nicolay you know? yeah documentation is always a touchy subject for all of adoptees it's it seems to be common that they're you know if you were adopted before the year 2000 things were handled much differently for example with the u.s the law for automatic citizenship uh didn't take effect until 2000 so before a lot of adoptees, including myself and maybe you, we came into the country as still Russian citizens on a green on a green card or an alien card. That's yeah, I had an alien card. Yep. Yep, me too. And but I and that's another thing. When you were saying you don't have a certificate of naturalization, I don't either. And there are some, you know, places in the U.S. or you know, they just don't understand how do you, what do you mean you don't have one? How do you, and, and what always confused me, and I actually asked this question before to the immigration um, agency, was when you get a government form and it says, how are you an American citizen? Is it by birth or naturalization? It's none, it's none of them. It was granted to me by the courts in the U.S. Like, and that's not an option. So I asked them what I do, and you know what they said? They said, just put down naturalization. It's close enough. But you don't have the documentation to back that up. There's no naturalization document. No, I was never naturalized. It, it, that's important to have, you know? I mean, well, I, yeah. other without it, I mean, there's not a whole, I mean. I do have a certificate of citizenship, though. Oh, yeah. So I have a document. Oh, okay. So I have a document. So what my adoptive parents did, I guess, was kind of smart, was... They had they got my birth certificate, you know, change and everything to my English name. And then when they got back to New Hampshire, they went to the courts in New Hampshire and got like recertified pretty much through New Hampshire. that This is my name and date of birth and signed by the courts to make sure. Hmm. So they kind of took that extra step, I think. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of, you know, the next step that I've been told that I could do is, is contact Homeland Security, you know, and talk to them and see, you know, what I can do. I had, I did the same thing when I was in high school. I made an appointment with them. They had an office go up at my home city. I'm sorry, the town I grew up in in, New, in uh, New Hampshire, Bedford. And the guy behind the desk, he was from Italy. And he was working for the immigration or Homeland Security office. And I told him, I'm like, look, because at the time I was applying to colleges and every single college through the because you have to apply for FAFSA at every school you apply to every single college reached out asking for additional paperwork every single one i'm i'm applying for a master's program right now and the one thing that's coming back is you know citizenship yeah, exa exactly so and after the fifth time my mom was like this is ridiculous we're going to see talk to someone about this and i kid you not the guy said i'm sorry but you just have to get used to carrying around extra paperwork your whole life. That's what he told me. 
Yeah. I'm like, well, it's not a huge. I, it's not I a mean, huge. It's, it's not a big deal, but yeah, is it annoying? Maybe, but I'm, so that's kind of where we're at. But yeah. <laughs> so some adoptees have trouble connecting with others. Um, have you ever experienced any trouble with connecting with other adoptees? Yeah, I mean, definitely. You know, I, I did not know that growing up. You know, I was not aware of this this difficulty that I had. But you know, uh, life life has changed for me a lot over the past couple years, which really started in earnest in 2020. Right? You know, right there at the beginning of the pandemic, I you know I started some therapy and. I did that for two years, you know, and throughout that, you know, you know, I had two different therapists. One therapist, you know, started telling me, you know, like, you really need to think about and consider, you know, the fact that like you were, you were adopted and for the first two years of your life, right. You, you did not have what probably what an infant would consider safety, right. You know, so, you know, she would say, you know, she would sort of look at my life now and, and, and you know, the things, I guess the things I told her about my life, right? She can't just look at it objectively, but the things that I told her about myself, right? You know, she sort of deduced, she was like, you know, I mean, from the time that you were young till now, right, you've kind of, you created yourself as kind of this little, she used the words, you know, an emotional island, Right where, you know, there was, it was really hard to, you know, reach out and connect with other people. Yeah. And, you know, as, as I was kind of, I don't, I don't want to say necessarily like learning that about myself, but as I was processing the stuff that she was telling me, right. You know, I, I was talking to my mom a good bit about that stuff too. And I, I think that she was a little hesitant to tell me this but I'm glad that she told me it, but she told me, you know, that early on as a kid, she saw that I developed relationships differently than other, than her biological children or that biological children that she observed. You know, I, I think that's really, you know, it wasn't, it was more confusing for me to go through the world, not knowing that information, not knowing that hey this is the way i've always kind of been it was more confusing just like possibly not having any sort of just kind of going around not knowing that this was part of me you know so but you know i mean growing up i i would consider that myself i had a lot of friends you know i definitely think that i did have i, I mean i I think I was a bit callous, emotionally callous, you know, to to the children around me sometimes. You know, I don't know if other people would confirm that or anything, but that's what I've that's the belief that I have about myself, right? You know, I was definitely like at home, you know, according to my mom, you know, I mean I was just like very she couldn't understand, you know, my teachers would come back and say, you know, like Cody is being crazy, you know, he he won't, you know, he stands on the desk. And this is in 12th grade. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. 
<laughs> okay, I was just wondering. I mean, hey, there's always that one kid, as you probably know, as a teacher, but... Oh, yeah. There's, there's going to be a couple of them. No, but uh, this was in, you know, when I was young, you know, come back and say, oh, man, that's behavior issues. And my mom, she, she just remembered having a real hard time understanding that because at home, I, apparently, I was just very, very good, you know, for, for lack of better words, right? Or compliant, maybe, is a, a better way to say that. And, you know, I, I can't really resolve or, or think of, you know, why there's that sort of, there was that dichotomy of, of personality in me, you know, that I, I would be around my family and, and be kind of, you know, straight laced. And all of a sudden I get to school and it's just, you know, just, you know, this whole different person. Uh, it's what it seems like, but, you know, I, I guess I can a little bit, you know, I, I I think that as an adopted, as a child, I don't want to say as an adopted child, but as a child in the family at home, I felt, I, I, I felt very, I felt proud that I was adopted. You know, I always knew that I was adopted. Nothing was hidden from me. And, you know, it was always presented as a good thing. And I was happy about it and proud. And I would tell people that we meet, you know, I'm adopted, you know. And, you know, my, my older brother, you know, he was real, you know, he was protective of me because I think, you know, a lot of adoptees, you know, they have some eccentricities around food. And I know that coming over, I was real protective of my food. Yeah. Even though I was two years old, you know, like I, you know, I would just, you know, I think they were just amazed at how much I could eat, <laughs> you know, that I would just put it all away because it's like, I don't know. When your next meal was, yeah. And it's coming next, you know? And uh, I don't think I would hide things. I've heard some people, you know, they, they would hide food. I think that's probably when they're a bit older and they're adopted. But, you know, I do know that if food, you know, I mean, I think my mom said, you know, she would like put biscuits in the oven and I would just burst into tears because I would, I, I would think that she's taking it away and that I'm not going to have it. She's like, they're not cooked yet. Like, I'm going to cook them and then they're going to be out, you know? But anyway, I say that to say, you know, my older brother played for all C's, by the way. Clayton, Charlotte, Cody, Corbin. Yeah. And uh, we were in the mall one time and this, I think just this sort of salesman is going by selling something. And I was eating some spaghetti, you know, my favorite food of all time. I had spaghetti yesterday. Uh, and, uh, I, the man sort of pretended like he was eating some of my food, right? He's just going around selling stuff and, you know, just trying to make people laugh and to get him to open up and talk to him. And he pretended like he was going to take some of my food. And my brother just reached his hands over, you know, and like stopped his hands. And he's only, you know, a couple years older than I am. And he just looks up at the man and he goes, don't do that. He's adopted. So like, yeah, there was definitely, you know, the sort of that, that sort of, Thing that I had as well, but that, that I guess not necessarily about relationship. That's my relationship to food, you know, <laughs> which is a good one. It's strong, it's, it's healthy. And you know, a lot of adoptees, you know, talk about this, but I think the way that I've my biggest fear with relationships, and I've always had a lot of fear around relationships, is I I have often feared, you know, that what if I don't feel the way about my family 
the way that they feel about each other. Yeah. You know, and I, that, that comes up, you know, as far as like pain as an adoptee and struggles, like that's, that's the biggest thing. I think that's bigger than, you know, not knowing what your mother's face looks like, you know? Uh, I don't know what my biological mom or dad or anybody looks like, you know, but that that is more challenging and more painful than than anything else. Yeah. With all that, I guess you could call it trauma, right? Because that's kind of what it is. I I struggle using that word even because it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't want to, you know, victimize myself. Right. I recognize that, like, hey, I live in the most affluent country in the world. I have a brilliant education. I have parents that love me. So, yeah, I don't I, I, I struggle to use that word trauma. But I think one of the things I'm learning lately, I, you know, it, it is OK to say, you know, like, you know, my life is good. And I'm grateful for the things that have happened to me and I'm grateful to be adopted, but also it, it, there's, there is pain associated there too. Yeah. You, I mean, even if you don't want to use that word, you, you know, you, you can still say there are some wounds that we've all gone through, you know, some rough patches, of course. So what, what, what was your, I guess, what advice can you give to other adoptees to overcome similar wounds that you've experienced? You know, I, I, uh, I was reading a book yesterday as a literature teacher. You can probably suspect I, I, I read a good bit. Nope. Didn't cross my mind. I was, I was reading a book yesterday and it was talking about, it's actually Jordan Peterson, 12 rules for life. He, he seems like an important guy yep. in the world right now. So, you know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to read his book and, you know, I think it's either the ninth or the 10th rule that says, you know, assume the person you are talking to knows something that you don't, right? So, so listen, I don't know if I have advice. I, I don't want to give advice because I certainly have not hit a point myself where I am at peace with, you know, the fact that I am adopted and, and I have lived, I have lived a, a different life. And yeah, these, these things are still, uh, kind of unresolved for me, David. Yeah, no, that's perfectly, that's okay. And the fact that you can see that and acknowledge it, you know, that's a that's a big, big thing to say. So that just shows you put a lot of thought into it. And, you know, that's, that's definitely okay. Yeah, I mean, I try to think about the world. I try to approach the world honestly as well. And I think that if I told you that, hey, you know what, this is how you get through it. This is, this is the way that you can handle it. I think that would be play acting. Yeah. Well, that's very big of you to say that. It, that that's, that's really sound advice, really. Um, like, people are quick to jump to thinking like, well, it worked for me, so it must work for everyone else. And that's something that, you know, it's not, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Everyone handles it in their own way. So my last question for you, and I always like to end on this note, what advice can you give or what message, how about this, what message would you like to give to adoptees listening? Or maybe personally your message you would like to give? Yeah. 
Yeah, I know that you asked that. I know that you asked this question at the end of all the adoptee videos uh, or a, po uh, a podcast. So I've kind of been running through my mind thinking about it, you know, do what you can to be, you know, honest and close to others, you know, I mean, being close to the people around me and, and realizing that other people have pain as well. Our pain is not, you know, the, the, the end of the line. It's not pain is pain. It's not the circumstances are different. The accidentals are different, but you know, pain is pain and other people have it. So, you know, don't, I, don't make an, an idol of your suffering, I suppose, you know, and be grateful for wherever you are. Life is a gift. Everything is, is a gift. Yeah. That's perfect. Thank you so much, Cody, for joining us this evening. We really appreciate your time. Yeah, anytime you want to come back on and share any updates about your life, we're welcome to have you back anytime. Sure. Whenever, whenever I figure out the, the key to, you know, be at peace with, with adoption and you know um, i would i would come back and say hey here it is what it seems like is that you know go you know travel to russia travel to russia go go sort of to the end of the line like like yourself you know and you might find some closure there yeah it can go a lot of ways and sometimes the unknown scares people but i think it's okay to if you know if you really want to find what's out there you know, they always say you got to start somewhere and you've got to look somewhere. Sure. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much for joining us today. We'll see you again soon. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping by at another episode of Voice of Adoptees. We really enjoyed having Cody join us today. If you'd like to hear his story, you can always go online, www.voiceofadoptees.com. You can follow our podcast series on Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever. If you're adopted yourself or know someone, Come take a look at us and see if uh, it's a great fit. We'd love to have you on the show. As always, thanks for stopping by. We will see you next episode. Voice of Adoptees. Who am I? Thanks for listening to Voice of Adoptees. Please take a moment to like, subscribe, and leave a review. See you next time.